in Jesus' name, we press on, right? Well, I want to, I want to tell you a, a little uh, story uh, that happened uh, Friday night or Thursday night at home. I was um, preparing my message, and, uh, and I wanted to talk about perseverance and pressing on. And I heard Randy practicing in his room. We, by Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we press on. I said, Randy, are you going to sing this very soon? He said, I'm singing it Sunday. I said, that's my message. <laughs> so we did not talk about that. This is, uh, this is a pure coincidence, right? No. <laughs> this is God ordains things, and sometimes we don't know about them at all, but He ordains them. Uh, I want to read a few verses this morning uh, from uh, the uh, book of Revelations, chapter 3. Book of Revelations and chapter 3, verse 7. I'm glad to see the Bibles have been open, and it's good to come to church and having your Bible, and it's good to have some notes on it, because these notes, one of these days, when you open the Bibles, you remember when. You got this note, and it will be a blessing to you. Verse 7. And to the angels of the church in Philadelphia write, He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door, which no one can shut, because... You have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Because of that, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie, behold, I will make them to come and bow down at your feet and to know that I have loved you because you have kept the word and the patience of perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing. That hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell upon the earth. Verse 11, I am coming quickly. I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have in order that no one take your crown. Let's bow our heads for a little word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the privilege of being before you and the privilege of serving you. We're unworthy of this honor. We pray that your voice will be heard today, not mine, and your word will go deep into our hearts. And does it work? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The church in Philadelphia. In the 18th and 19th centuries, there came all over Asia. That is Asia Minor. And Northern Europe. And uh, 
all through the British Isles a marvelous awakening as God began to work anew in mighty power. A spirit of revival swept through these countries and the word of God began to be preached. Philadelphia being a great city in Asia Minor and it was a gateway between East and West. It was a well-known city, successful city in commerce and it was awarded also by the government at that time the responsibility of becoming a missionary city for the spread of the Greek culture, Greek language, and also opened a great opportunity for the church to spread the gospel. And this is what the church that the Lord has addressed this morning. They had the opportunity. This is why the Spirit of God, through His Word, writes, For this reason, the Lord challenged His church and sent a reminder, saying, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. It's verse 8. I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. That is the good news. Okay, it was good news for them then, and I believe today, as I believe, as you agree with me, the Lord has opened a door for us here, and it's good news for each and every one. What is yours? The question. <laughs> this is news, it was good news for them. What is yours this morning? What door, I mean, of opportunity has he set before you? Do you think you have an opportunity? I think we do, each one of us. Your family is an opportunity. Your office is an opportunity. Your practice, your friends, your school, your neighbors, all are open doors. And the Lord says, Behold, I have set up an open door. And the question is, are we taking advantage of this day of grace to spread His love? Are we taking opportunity of this open door to spread the gospel? Are we, when we meet people, when we go to school, when we go to our practices, when we go to our jobs... Are we opening our mouths and say, as long as I have an open door, am I, am I speaking or talking to people about the love of Christ? That Christ can save. That Christ is the answer. That Christ is the solution to every problem that we face in life. Let's ask ourselves a question here. Are we charging through this open door? Or we are dormant? Are we charging and telling the world there is a better solution than stealing and murdering, than destroying and doing all kinds of evil things? Is there any other solution? I think there is. And we have the key to that door. And the Lord has given us the key. And He said, I have opened the door and no one can shut it. He said, I have set this door open. 
You people, my people, keep it open. Though there may be many adversaries, and if we do not provoke God to shut it against us, men can never shut it. No one. When the call came to the disciples of old, they did not excuse themselves, but received the commission with gladness, honored it with their own blood, and went with the power of the Holy Spirit to turn the world upside down. Did they seize that opportunity? Yes, they did. Did they obey the order? Yes, they did. They had a commission, and they did not move neither left nor right, and they executed that commission because that was an open door, and they used it. May I thank God for that. Peter, when he was asked to go to the Gentile world and open the door to the Gentile world, did he say no? No. He said, yes, Lord, I will go. He went and opened the Gentile world with the word of the gospel of our Lord and Savior. These pioneers did not care for food or clothes. They did not care even for their lives. They put down their lives. Many of them were martyred and died for the gospel of Jesus Christ. They realized that each one of them is strategic in Christ's plan for this world. So if I am that important, I will continue. I will do my very best. They never did anything less than that. They gave their very best. And they went to serve the Lord with zeal and passion. And they died proclaiming the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, the door is still open. That door that was opened there, because the Lord opened it, is still open, and the 21st century Christians have a great responsibility and, above all, a challenge. And this is our challenge, to carry on, to press on, as we heard this morning, regardless of the difficulties that the devil brings our way. Paul, in writing to the Corinthians about this experience in Ephesus, he says, for a wide and open door, an effective service has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. You do not expect to have an open door and the word of God being proclaimed and that Jesus Christ being proclaimed to the whole world as the only Savior without having adversaries. It's not going to be uh, an easy journey. And it's not. But it's, let me tell you, it's a blessed journey. It's a journey that you'll never feel alone in life. And this is why he writes again to the Corinthians says, From human motives, I have fought with beasts in Ephesus. Did, do you mean, Paul, that you had some lions on the streets? He said, no. I had some people, some parties, that they were just jumping on me like beast animals jumping on their praise. And I have fought them. And what? I am still around. And this is the good news for us. That door is still open. And the work is still being done. And if you get discouraged along the way, I tell you one thing. What you heard this morning from that song, carry, press on. Press on. Do not stop there. And did, let me ask a question here. Uh, those of you and most of us are Christians here this morning. Did you know of Paul Quitty? 
do we read anywhere in the Bible that Paul said, enough is enough? They have stoned me at, at Lystra, and I'm bleeding all over, and I le- was left uh, to die. But thank God he raised me up. I'm leaving, and I'm not coming back to the ministry. Did he do that? They say, I'm leaving the church. Too much persecution. If those who were persecuted of old left the church, we wouldn't be here today. If the Christians who lived in the catacombs, who lived under Nero's, who were buried alive, who were burned alive, with their own bodies, they lighted the arenas for them. And they were dying and screaming. And people were laughing at them and getting drunk and living their own life. Did they quit? They said, take me and burn me for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did he blame anyone? Did he say, oh, well, hey, blame, blame the circumstances today? Oh, well, it's, we, everything we do now, we blame 9-11, right? Oh, it's 9-11, it's 9-11. Okay, it's a catastrophic 9-11, I'm sure. But let's not put the blame on circumstances. Oh, the blame should come on us because we still have that open door. And if we are not proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ, let's point the fingers at us says, Wake up, Adol, and get up and do your job. The Lord has given you that strength. He said, the Lord tells them there, I love you. I love the Philadelphia church. And you have this open door. And you know what? He gave them some good encouragement. He said, you have a little power. Well, I would have loved to see here, you have power. But they didn't have much power, but they had little power. What kind of power we're talking about? The power of the Holy Spirit. They could have changed this word. They could have changed the mind of Christ even and said, you have a great power. But they were still growing. They were still not doing the job. But you have little power. But they have something very good that we would like to imitate and have kept my word. I have, you have kept my word. What's the meaning, uh, Lord? The Lord is speaking. If I may ask you, what do you mean by that? He said, you have obeyed me. You know, I, I don't think I can give you a, a sermon without bringing obedience to it. I know because this is the secret of your power. This is the secret of the power for any Christian to live, is to keep the word of God. Keeping the word of God is following the word of God. Following the word of God is obeying the word of God. And when you obey the word of God, you honor Christ. And this is what he says. You are keeping my word and have not denied my name. When you keep your word, you will praise his name. You will stand there. You wouldn't worry about fear. We're going to kill you if you're going to preach, they told them. So they come and kill us. And we're going to continue preaching the word of God. They had discouragement. We see nowadays, like they saw, evil triumphant, right? We saw the devil, the, the devil having a field day, as we say, right? Okay. Wherever we look, we see fraud. We see fraud. And if you read the papers, you are, you are following the stories of the corporations, what they are doing with the 401k. And you have, you're seeing these things. And these are the signs of the end of times. Let me tell you, people are becoming... Cheats, their uh, abduction, abduction of of little girls, of young ladies. I was reading this morning even about two young teenagers were abducted and killed in England. 
so beautiful. They had their picture today on, uh, uh, in, um, uh, on the internet. They, they killed them. Is the world getting any better? I don't think so. Is the door still open for salvation? Yes. What are we doing about it? He said, I open and no one shuts. Folks, I want to encourage you. I don't know what you think deep inside and where you are with the Lord. But you have this opportunity and the challenge to go out and win souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. Snatch them and get them to know this, our Savior. Let me tell you one thing. Did you ever meet a Christian who is not happy in the midst of this world that is filled with evil? You talk to a, to a Christian, he says, I have hope. We heard about this morning. I know where I'm going. I know whatever happens in the world today, even if I die, okay, I know I will be with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's that open door and let's, let's work for the Lord as long as it is open. Jesus tells the Philadelphian Christians that he is still, in spite of what you're seeing, I am still in control. And that's, let me tell you why. Jesus is telling that church of the 21st century, especially this little group that we have, that I am still in control. Whatever people say, whatever people do, I am still in control. And yes, there will be constant rise, there will be constant fall of evil powers, and the coming and going of godless people. But let me tell you one thing, it's predicted. We know it's written. It's no news to us. It's in the Bible. And if you open Second Timothy chapter 3, you will read the first three, four verses. Oh yes, if I read them to you, you will say, wow, as if they lived in our century here. What is going on? And let me read a few, few things here for you. <clears throat> Realize in the last days, difficult times will come. Keep that door open. For men will be lovers of self. Do we see that? Lovers of money. Are you experiencing this? Boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedience to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, Haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasures, rather than lovers of God. Is this the situation today? Aren't you experiencing that? This is it. But the Lord says, keep pressing on. Do not give up. The Lord tells the church, because you have that little power, and you know you're following my word, and you obey it. Yes, and you honor my name. And in the face of this, in the face of all this, the Lord counsels us with two words. He says, in my translation, He says, be patient. The patience of your perseverance. What He's going to say, be patient. Be patient. That's the original translation says, patient perseverance. We need to arm ourselves with a heavenly patience, my friends. Someone said, <coughs> patience is seeing things from God's point of view and by His timing. Let me repeat that. Patience is seeing things from God's point of view and in His timing. Put that down. And this is what we need in these last days. This is what we need today while we are fighting for 
the right of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord, he says, is at hand. In James 4, verse 7. Strengthen your heart. When you see these things, do not give up, but know that the Lord's coming is at hand. And this is his counsel to us. And the other word, he counsels us also to press on. To press on. Uh, I looked it up in the dictionary. Press on, persevere, endure. You know, these are three good words. Uh, Who remembers someone who pressed on real good in life? Let's take Noah for a second. Think of Noah for a second. He toiled for how many years? 120 years. 120 years he was working on a boat. That was weird looking. It was by no means the boat that you know today and you see sailing. Uh, It was a boat that has the dimensions were given by the Lord and he told him what to do. And he stayed 120 years preaching the word of God. Come on, join me. Come on, prepare yourself. The day is coming when I will not be helping you when this door is going to be shut. When flood is coming, when the rain is going, when the flood is going to come over the world and no one is going to be saved, not a single person. You know, you would think after 10 years he'd give up. 10 years. You know, we give up here after a year. We say it's too much. I can't take it anymore. Right? 20 years, Noah? No. 30 years, Noah? 120 years. He never given up. You know, he said, I had an open door. He says, behold, I give you an open door. The door was open for any person to believe in the God of Noah. And to believe that a flood is coming and it's going to take the world by surprise. They laughed at him. They mocked at him. Are they mocking at you? Are they laughing at you? Let me tell you one thing. Blessed are you. Blessed are you because they laughed at your, at your God before you. If you're following in his footsteps, we are more than blessed. Well, he continued. 120 years. And you know what? He got only eight people, including himself. Out of millions of people, he says, only a few, that is, eight persons were brought safely through the flood. And the Bible says in Genesis 7:16, And the Lord closed the door. Noah did not close the door of that boat. The Lord closed it. And when the water started rising, started rising up, probably they came and knocked on the door. And they cried, Noah, where are you? We believe it now. Take us with you. Can you extend? Can you give us something? I'm telling you one thing. Noah had a clear conscience. He said, listen, I did not close the door. God closed it. You take your situation, take it up with your Creator. And we are in the same boat today. We are preaching the gospel. We're inviting people with tears. We're broken hearts. We're telling them to come and take Jesus Christ as their Savior. Because a flood is coming. The end is coming. 
Oh yes, let me say this. And people are saying no. But when the door is going to be closed, you're going to have a clear conscience if you do your job now. And you can't do anything about it. And no one can do anything about it. Meanwhile, the Lord is asking us to press on. Have you been discouraged lately? Have you had an experience where you say, well, I quit? Have you been praying for your father for a long time and your father is still living his old life and didn't come to Christ? Have you had someone say, no, thank you. He walked, with the, he walked in the church with us for six, six years, six months, three years, whatever. He says, goodbye, I'm gone to the world. Have you had this experience? If you had this experience, oh yes, I would tell you, do not get discouraged. Persevere. Carry on with patience. The secret word is patience. Because the day is coming when the Lord is going to come and take us to be with Him forever and ever. Since the door is open, may I say this word? If you feel that you're still outside this door, won't you come in? If you feel you are outside that boat, the ark, would you like to come in before the door is closed by the Lord? Job endured, huh? Do you remember Job? He endured. And the Bible says in James chapter 4, we count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings. What happened? What was the outcome? That's an encouraging thing. The Lord healed him and gave him ten times more that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. That's our Lord. This is why He's merciful. He's still calling. He's still begging. He's still telling you that I, you have still have a chance as long as we're here before the day will come. Endurance. When we endure, it results in strength on our life. You know, Paul writing to the Philippians in chapter 3, verse 12, and he says here, Not that I have already become perfect, but... I press on. No one is perfect. We all make mistakes. We are sinners, but thank God, saved by grace. Yes? Amen. We are. We make those mistakes on a daily basis. He says, I am Paul. You mean to tell me you're not perfect? He said, far from being it. I can tell you what. I'm, I'm the first of the sinners. And the last of the saints. That's what is written about him. But, regardless, I press on. And he repeats the word, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, Randy sang in that song, when the choices are hard, when the bodies are scarred, in Jesus' name we press on. And as we go along this journey, we might get scarred a little bit. You might get some broken bones. You might fall and bloody your nose a little bit. And you might take a beating along the way. But guess what? In Jesus' name, you get up and press on. Because he who is with us is greater than he who is against us. We have God to be with us. 
as long as the door is open. I have opened a door before you and no one can shut it. And this is the encouraging word of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May God give us the determination which is a perseverance to go forward. When uh, the children of Israel came to a stop, the mountains were on one side and the Red Sea on the other and on the other side you have Pharaoh and all his armies. And they cried, where are we going? And Moses cried to God, says, where can I take these people? We're dead. The Lord said, go forward. He said, where? He said, turn toward the sea and go forward. And the sea opened and they walked on dry land. This is when we have God with us. And we have God. Press on in spite of any discouragement. In spite of the enemy that is going around us. Right? Keep the good work. Do not faint. Persevere. Because we're not serving man. We're serving God. The prize, Paul said, is before our eyes. Little things might happen on the journey. And you know, when we, when we reach the end of the journey, we might reach it with, on crutches. But I'd rather reach it on crutches with Christ than not reach it at all. I have a story. I will end with it. Listen to it. It affected me completely. <clears throat> on pressing on. In a far country in uh, Germany, a band of musicians, those who uh, play the music and musicians here will enjoy it, who traveled from town to town presenting music to make a living. They had not been doing well lately. Times were hard. There was little money for the folks to come and hear them, even though their fee was very small. The story goes on to say attendance had been falling off. So early one evening the group met to discuss their future. I see no reason for opening tonight, one said. To make things even worse than they may have been, it is starting to snow. Who will venture out on a night like this? One said. The other one agreed. And said, last night we performed for just a handful. Fewer will come tonight. Why not give back their, their meager fees and cancel the concert? One said, because no one can expect us to go on like this with just a few in the audience. How can anyone do his best for so few. A third inquired, then turned to another sitting beside him. What do you think? Then the man appealed to was older than the others. He looked straight at this group. I know you are discouraged, he said. I am too. But we have a responsibility to those who might come. We will go on with the show. And we will do the best job of which we are capable. It is not the fault of those who come that others do not. 
they should not be punished with less than the best we can give. Heartened by his words, the musicians went ahead with their show. And they did a great concert. They never performed any better. When the show was over and the small audience gone, the old man called his troop to him. In his hand was a note handed to him by one of the audience just before the doors closed behind him. Listen to this, my friends. Something electrifying was in his voice. Made them turn to him and listen. He said, listen. Slowly the old man read. Thank you for a beautiful performance. It was signed very simply, your king. Did you get it? The king came to the concert. And if you think no one knows about you, your king is with you. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we thank you for the door that we have opened. You have opened it. So we entered in and we are begging the people to come in. May any person who is outside this door this morning come in and take refuge and to flee from the wrath that is to come. This is the ministry that we have and may we not fail you. We thank you for entrusting us and encouraging us and working with us. May this feeble word go out and does its work in our hearts. And may we not leave this place before we get committed to carry on and press on because we're working for the King. Bless each and every one. Dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. The meeting is over. God bless you and be with you.